Hey guys, welcome to uh, another episode of the Spiritual Leadership um, Podcast with Andrew Pham. Um, I've kind of let you know some of my intentions uh, for this particular podcast, and I just want to start off with the foundations of Spiritual Podcasts in this particular episode. Uh, but before I get there, I was asked to do a little bit of an introduction about myself, actually, so that you guys can get know me a little bit better. So I currently pastor at a, a, a small to slash medium-sized church um, in Burwood, Melbourne, Australia, called Christian Lunch Church of Corrie, where I'm the associate pastor. And this podcast was is being made to help our leaders uh, grow in their spiritual leadership and their spiritual maturity so they can p- then pass that on to others as well. And I became a Christian uh, roughly, I think now it's almost 11 years. I think it's 10 years, could be 11, can't remember now, getting too old, um, and never grew up in a Christian family. So the whole church world was really unique to me. So I gave my life to Christ in my first year of my graduate program when I was at ANZ. So I actually studied banking and finance, and I did uh, most of my career prior to becoming a pastor was in banking finance, probably six to maybe eight years, six years full-time and a couple of years uh, part-time during uni. Um, And uh, yeah, I gave my life to Jesus um, during my graduate program at ANZ um, in that very first year, and that would just change my life forever. And I pretty much knew immediately I wanted to be a pastor, and so um, I I enrolled straight into Bible college, um, and I quit uh, uh, my job at ANZ, uh, I think five five years after that, so in I think 2015 or 16, and I went to full-time Bible college and to start a small coaching business as well. I became a pastor about two years ago after I finished my Bible college degree, and I got married, uh, uh-oh, here we go, two years ago to my lovely wife, uh, Sapani Pham. And we just had our first child uh, last year named Luca, who's one, who's one year old now, who just literally started walking. And so it's been really cool to see him. Um, me and my wife are complete opposites when it comes to uh, life and personality and everything. Um, I'm an ENTJ. She's a ISFP. I'm a DI under the DIS model. She is a SC. Like on every single metrics, we are totally opposite in terms of personalities. But I really believe that God brought us together for a reason, although we may drive each other mad sometimes because of the oppositeness. Of, there's a beauty in, um, you know, uh, God bringing two people who are very different to think very differently, to yeah, to see the world in different ways. And she's taught me heaps about marriage, about life, and, and about God as well. So very grateful for my family. So that's a little bit about me. And that's probably enough about me. I'm sure I'll be sharing a lot of anecdotes later on. But uh, most importantly, I want to get to the topic at hand, which is spiritual leadership. And I just can't undervalue or underemphasize the importance of spiritual leadership in a church and, and why it is so important and why so many churches are missing it and, and aren't seeing the fruit of spiritual leadership because I believe we are getting it wrong. So before we start the reasons why and and, and, and all that kind of stuff, um, I want to go from what is spiritual leadership? How, do, how can we define it? And so John Piper, who I like, he defines it this way. Spiritual leadership is using God's method to get his people where he wants them in reliance on his power. Therefore, the goal of spiritual leadership is that people come to know God and to glorify Him all that they do. He says that spiritual leadership is aimed not so much at directing people as it is changing people. 
And I really agree with that part, but also disagree, which I'll outline later. Um, And we want to be the kind of leaders in the church that our aim is to develop the person rather than dictate our plans. And I really like that. And I'm going to link where he said that in the notes. Um, Henry Blackaby, he's also a leadership expert. um, And he writes this crazy, crazy good book, a very lengthy book called Spiritual Leadership. And he says this, spiritual leadership is moving people on God's agenda. And I really like that. God wants to do something in your church, in your ministries, in your Bible study groups, in your families. He has an agenda and you basically move with God's agenda. So good. So how I see it is that spiritual leadership is both individual and corporate. So John Piper focused on the individual, that we are to help people mature in Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit and introducing them to Jesus. But I also really believe in the corporate. God gives God-given visions so that people can utilize their gifts for the glory of God. For instance, we look at Moses' life. He had a vision from God um, after he uh, basically murdered uh, an Egyptian, he had to flee. He was in the he was in the desert for a very very long time. I believe it was forty years, and he had a vision to set his people free from slavery and enter the promised land. So that's a corporate vision, and I believe that God gives corporate visions for certain churches, certain uh, ministries, certain families as well. But also Moses, you could see him not only being this leader who leads from the front, who is calling people into a certain direction, he leads them spiritually too. So there's a process of corporateness, but a process of individual, personal um, shepherding, you can say. And we see Moses do it on a number of times. For instance, he intercedes on, on behalf of the Israelites when uh, during that golden calf incident. Moses runs down the mountain of Sinai um, and, and rebukes them. And he has to beg God, negotiate with God to not kill them. So we see Moses becoming this interceder, this pastor to his people to sanctify and make them holy. He not only has to lead them corporately to a greater vision, he also has to help them um, pursue God more and his holiness and grow in their faith in Jesus uh, and God. So that is what spiritual leadership is, helping people know Jesus more, become like Jesus more, and connect to a greater vision that God is giving your particular ministry or church. So I mentioned in my previous podcast, why is this so important? There are so many churches right now that are run like businesses, and they focus on a corporate vision, get a mission statement, get these values, and and then we worry about the spiritual. Um. I don't mind that, but I think there is a better way. And in the context of my church at CACV, who I'm currently a pastor at, I, I, I believe that there has been um, a lack of spiritual leadership in us in the past. And that's why um, perhaps our church has, has stagnated a little bit. And maybe that's why your church or your ministry or your business is stagnating as well. Because I think what... What has happened to the wider church, including my church, is a focus on the wrong things. People, it's easier to focus on doing ministry, organizing things and helping people, loving on people, than it is 
to focus on spiritual maturity, growing a deeper intimate relationship with Christ than repenting, than confessing, and the spiritual matters of the heart. It is much easier to do than it is to be. And this is a big difference when it comes to spiritual leadership. The world teaches you how to do things, how to execute, how to market, all those things. But what's more important to God is not what we can do, but who we are becoming. And this is the foundational essence of spiritual leadership. If we aren't maturing in Christ and your leaders aren't maturing in Christ, then how can you lead God's people? So first and foremost, you have to be spiritual, isn't it? Right. Spiritual leadership are people called by God into his kingdom who are growing spiritually so that you can show others how to do exactly the same. So are you spiritual? Have you been radically transformed by the gospel? Because simply you can only take people so far in their relation with Christ as so far you have gone in your relationship with Christ. The deeper that you go in your relationship with Christ, the deeper you can take someone else in their relationship with Jesus. And that is the first priority of spiritual leadership. And where does this apply? If you are maturing in your relationship with Jesus, if you are hungry for those things, these apply Everywhere, And this is why spiritual leadership is so important in the church, because this is where we learn how to do these things, how to lead others spiritually, because we are spiritual ourselves. We see this possible as a worship leader. Perhaps your task is lead to church and worship because you worship God in your quiet time. And therefore, as you worship God in your quiet time, as you build this deeper intimacy with Jesus in your private, not so necessarily your public life, you are able to lead other people to that same experience because you experience Jesus in worship. Perhaps you are a student and you exercise spiritual leadership amongst your friends because a lot of them aren't Christian yet. Perhaps you are employed um, in the workplace, and a lot of your colleagues aren't Christian yet, and you are exercising spiritual leadership in your workplace, wherever you are. If you're a church leader, let it be you lead a Bible study group. Let it be you, be you lead uh, some kind of ministry. You exercise spiritual leadership in that particular area as well. So spiritual leadership um, not only happens in various ministries, the workplace, or, or studies, or universities, but it also happens at home. How can you expect your children to mature spiritually if you aren't yourself growing spiritually? How can you expect others in your family to, to, to know Jesus, to grow in Jesus while you do nothing? Let, let it be, you know, you don't grow in maturity or you've stagnated or perhaps you're not spiritual at all. We just cannot expect people um, to follow us into spiritual maturity if we aren't growing ourselves or aren't spiritual ourselves. So let me be clear that I think spiritual leadership applies to every single body in in the kingdom of God. You will have to lead spiritually, let it be in your home, your ministry, workplace, uh, student life, wherever it may be, spiritual leadership is for everyone and we must grow spiritually. There is this misconception that spiritual leadership is only for elders at the church, pastors, 
you know, your board members or, you know, these, these, these very uh, devout Christians. No, I totally disagree. It applies to everyone. The better spiritual leader you become, the better everything around you will become in the matters of God. And this is so important. For instance, if you're leading a small group, which I know some of our leaders are, how can you teach people to grow spiritually if you aren't growing? How can you show them a deeper relationship with God if you do not have a deep relationship with God? As you grow, they will grow. And this is why spiritual leadership is so important. We have to learn to focus on growing spiritually so that we can lead others to a deeper relationship with Christ rather than doing things, executing, organizing. Those things can be learned, and I would argue those are the easier things. The harder things are the spiritual matters of the heart, and are we growing in them? So with all that in mind, I now want to go through how do we grow as Christians? What are the ingredients? What are the things that we need to do in order to grow? So funny enough, I did a quick Google search just to make sure I was on the right track as well. And I Googled, how does one grow spiritually? And, you know, it's the typical, read your Bible, journal, pray daily, join a Bible study group, start serving. And to be frank... Um, I think these are helpful, but I think it misses a lot of the big part of what it required to, to grow spiritually. Like I think there are people who do all those things, but yet still remain a baby, if not unsaved. And, and that worries me because Pharisees were good at all those things. Pharisees read their Bible scriptures every day. They, they might have journaled. They prayed publicly, all these things. They were in Bible studies. They were serving their temple, but yet no growth. In fact, still dead in their sins. So what is the most important thing? Obviously, there has to be a spiritual renewal. But secondly, beyond that, let us go through Hebrews 5, 11 to 14. And it talks about how the Hebrew um, audience slash congregation um, had become lazy in their, in their desire to know the things of God. I'll read it out. Hebrews 5.11, we have much to say about this, but it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings of righteousness, but solid is for the mature who by constant use have trained them to distinguish good from evil. Hebrews 6.1, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundations of repentance from dead works, of faith in God, of the doctrine of baptism, of laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgments. And it, you know, I'll stop there. But basically, what is happening here is that the Hebrew congregation stop growing, and the reason why they stop growing is is in five eleven. It says. But it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. And that word to understand actually means kind of like being lazy or, or dull to hear. So every time you hear something, you're like, oh, you know, don't really want to listen to it. So you become lazy in your ability to, to listen to the things of God. And over time, you just become apathetic. So you become what I call an apathetic Christian. And this is what the Hebrew author was criticizing. 
that they should have been way past where they were because they they had heard about Jesus, they were growing essentially, and they had learnt all the basic principles, but somewhere along the line, they they got lazy, they got apathetic, and they started to not grow. If anything, it sounds like they were going backwards. They had to relearn the elementary truths, which is repentance, doctrine, you know, the resurrection of the dead, you know, learning about these things that seemed knowledge-based, you know, and, and they just lost that fervor. So I really believe the key ingredient to 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 grow in spiritual maturity is hunger. We cannot be lazy for the things of God, and for lazy for the things of God, we are in trouble. Especially as leaders, if we're lazy to learn about deeper things, if we're lazy to confess, if we're lazy to repent, if we're lazy to put uh, our things in action, if we're lazy to hear from God, we are doomed. In fact, there are some people who might actually believe. That the more lazy we get, the more apathetic get. You know, you, there's a, there's a, your, your heart becomes cold to the things of God, and eventually you may lose your salvation, depending where you're on theology. But, but there are some commentators in the book of on the book of Hebrews that would truly believe, based on Hebrews five, that you could lose your salvation. That is the, the, the you know, the worst consequence of being apathetic with our faith. So the question is, how do we stop ourselves from being apathetic, from being lazy? I really believe there are a few things you can put in place. Start with hunger. If you're not hungry right now, talk about it with someone. Get hungry. Because without that hunger, you will always be lazy. And I do think there are a few things that you can do. Underlying the spiritual habits of prayer, of reading the word, um, I think you can hang around Christians who are also on fire. They, they spark motivation. Regularly attend small groups. Serve church. Do all those things for sure. But most importantly, underlying all those things is a life of obedience. If you can continue to obey God continually every season, you will begin to grow. And I don't mean just obey once a year. I mean every day, every second, every minute. For instance, if you feel like God is saying to you to confess a sin, don't run from that. Run towards that. If you feel like God is asking you to tithe, don't run away from that. Run towards that. If you're thinking that God is asking you to spend more time with him, carve out time. If you can get into the habit of obeying immediately, trust me when I say you will grow so fast, you'll be so unrecognizable in a year's time, in two years' time, you won't even be the same person if you continually obey every single day. Obey the voice of God and your life will radically change. I'll give an example. When I became a Christian, I... um. I felt really convicted to delete all my MP3s and, you know, office, all that kind of stuff. I just felt like I needed to do that. I could have just been like, yeah, I don't want to do that. It's going to cost me a lot of money. But I obeyed immediately. I deleted all my illegally downloaded MP3s. I deleted Office, rebought Office, Microsoft because I had an illegal version. I, I did the same from Windows, right? It cost me a couple hundred bucks, but I did it straight away. And I got into habit of obeying God straight away in the small things like that. And trust me, if you can obey God in the small things that muscle gets bigger and bigger and your maturity gets bigger and bigger. Obey immediately. 
So in order to be hungry, firstly, we got to repent. We got to realize we're not hungry. Then we got to take some action, right? Start hanging around people who are hungry. Start getting into the Word of God. Start getting into prayer. Start getting into repentance, confession, all those types of things. Spiritual discipline. I also believe that having a God-given vision is helpful. What do you want to be? Do you want to be that comfortable Christian? Do you want to be that 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 Christian that 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 doesn't get a reward in heaven? Do you want to be that person who is comfortable? Or do you want to be that person that was radical? Do you want to be that person that that went out, preached the gospel to his friends and saw people saved? Or do you want to be that person who just goes to church every single week, go to a Bible study, just pray safe prayers, never confess a sin, and never grow and be, and remain a child in the faith for however, however long? That for me would be complete failure and complete failure of spiritual leadership. And you should probably just step down. (laughs) Like I really believe that. Spiritual leaders must be hungry. So to be hungry, repent, hang around people, get into the word, obey. Spiritual leadership starts with hunger for God and thereby we pass that hunger and what we learn down. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If it's speaking to you, let me know. You can get me, um, you know, you can review this podcast or you can email me. My email is um, spiritualleadership.ap at gmail.com. I'll repeat that, spiritualleadership.ap at gmail.com. Happy to get questions, happy to, um, yeah, reply to you if you've got any clarifications required. Thanks for listening, guys, and do take care. See you in the next episode. Ciao.